This is the Southern Hills Church of God, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you and guides you and builds your faith. God bless and enjoy this message. Welcome you again to service today, and I'm thankful you're here. I wanted to briefly mention, I wanted to welcome all those that might be watching online today. Uh, So glad you've joined us. I might be a little biased, but as you're kind of watching this, this is the greatest church you'll ever meet in your entire life. So don't just watch it, actually come and uh, join us. Uh, we'd love to have you here. Um, but we're week number three this week of Elijah, okay? We're, we're, we're talking about Elijah, and we, we spent the first week kind of talking about how God, um, after Elijah was bold enough to go to the king and say there'd be a drought, there'd be no more rain, God then took him away to the Kareth Ravine where he kind of taught him and trained him and equipped him in what to do next, and he healed Um, A young boy, and last week we talked about the showdown of 850 prophets between Baal and Asherah that that Elijah basically put himself out there and said, God, I know you are who you say you are, so I'm going to put myself out there and I'm going to wait for you to just move because I know that you will. And it's the type of faith, the the confidence, so to speak, that he had in his God. And and today we're going to continue this series and we're really going to um talk about two different prayers that he made one we're just going to mention briefly and the second prayer we're going to spend the majority of our time with but um elijah was a man of prayer elijah was a man that was greatly used by god and i don't think it's just by happenstance of of just because of who he was It, it was because of how intimate he was with his lord how intimate he was in his prayer time in his time of worship And I believe it was because of that that gave him the power to do a lot of the things that he did. So today, I I really pray that this message blesses you and blesses somebody and that you would leave transformed. Would you help me pray today that God bless this word? Lord God, I thank you so much for this time here, for this time of worship that we've had. I pray, God, Lord, that you'd be with me as I speak today. Lord, you know better than anybody else inside this room that I cannot do this without, without the Holy Spirit working through me. Without the power of God by myself, I am incapable. I am not worthy. I, I am not strong enough to be able to do this. But through your power and through your word and through your Holy Spirit speaking through me, I have the ability to preach your word and to preach it with boldness. So, God, I pray right now that you do with me what you did with Moses when you told him, I'll be your mouth as you speak. God, speak so, so, so that people in this church and, and, and the people online don't see me. They don't see Pastor Chris speaking But rather, God, they see you speaking through me. So, God, I pray this morning that forever, that whoever is hearing this message, that you would open up their minds to know the truth of your word. You'd open up their eyes to see the truth of your word. And you'd open up their ears to hear the truth of your word. Not because of me, but because of you. And it's in all these things that we ask. And everybody here said, amen and amen. So if we go back to... First Kings. We're going to go back to chapter 18 and kind of we're going to get there and reread a prayer that we talked about last week. But what we're going to do is we're going to dive into the life of Elijah. This guy understood prayer. This guy knew what prayer was about. This guy understood the value and the power behind his words. He he came before God with boldness. He came before God with confidence. That whatever he prayed would happen. There was no doubt in his mind. Because he knew deep inside his heart that he is the God 
who everybody says that he is. That he's a man of his word. And so this first prayer that I kind of want to briefly mention today is actually found in James. It's an interesting it's an interesting viewpoint of this first prayer that we read about just a couple weeks ago. But James talks about it in James chapter 5. And there's a reason why I'm reading it out of James. I'll get to it in, in, uh, in, in, in just a moment. But chapter 5, verse number 17. If we go ahead and put that up there on the screen. Uh, James 5 says this. Elijah was a human being. Well, that's an, int- in, an interesting way to begin a verse. He was a human being. Even as we are, he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain for three and a half years. The verse starts out that says, Elijah is a man just like us, which is comforting to know that God can use any of us to fulfill his purpose. That he can use any of us to to go to, to whatever the will is that God has for our life. But I find it hilarious, though, that that he starts out this passage was that he was a human being. It's almost as if to say that in James's day, when people would talk about Elijah, when people talk about the things that he did, that people talked about him in such a way that made him seem superhuman. That they looked back at all these miracles and said, there is no way that a single man did this. He's got, there's got to be something different about him. He's got to have some extra power that we don't have. So James, in his writing, had to mention, hey, hey, guys, yes, he did great things, but he's a human being just like me and you. There's nothing about him that was extra special, that was important. But I want you to know that he is just a human. And, and, and that, to me, just tells me how in tune he was with God. And how in tune that he was with his prayer life, that, that he used him in such a way that made him look to others as superhuman. So I want to dive into this word, and as a matter of fact, the last book of the Bible, in Revelation chapter 11, the Bible talks of two witnesses. And I, there's a reason why I'm mentioning this is more than two witnesses that will appear in the middle of the tribulation period. And I want to read you this verse because I want to show you where this is at. In, in chapter 11, verse 3, it says, And I will appoint my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for 1,260 days clothed in sackcloth. Now, sackcloth, sackcloth was used as a sign of repentance. It, it was used as a sign of, I, I am not worthy to be in your presence. I'm going to put this on. It was a very itchy material. It, it, it wasn't fun, but, it's, but, they, but they put this on to say, I am willing to be uncomfortable so that you know I'm not worthy to be in your presence. But you choose to allow me to be there. You would choose to allow me to commune with you. As a matter of fact, we've been talking on Wednesday nights about, about Jonah. And the king of Nineveh, when Jonah went to go preach to him, covered himself in dirt and put on sackcloth to say, I repent of my sins. I repent of the sins of my entire country, and I'm going to cover myself in dirt because I'm unworthy to be in your presence. So that, that's what this was. So there will be two witnesses to speak and to witness on the earth. Now I ask the question, can one of these two witnesses be Elijah? And even though the Bible doesn't specify which one it was, a good point here is that Jesus said, Elijah must come before the great and terrible day of the Lord. But if Elijah entered the heaven in his human body, then he must have had a, a change from corruptible to incorruptible. For it says that a flesh and blood cannot enter. Right? 
This means that he had a transformation of his of his body, as did Enoch did in, in Hebrews, you know, chapter 11. But Elijah and Moses, according to the Jewish culture, were two of the most powerful prophets in their day. You have Elijah who was known for all these miracles. Great things were seen through him. That's why James starts it off by saying he's just a human, guys. He's just a human being. And then Moses had delivered the law. Both represented a great portion of all the prophets. That's why in Matthew chapter 17, up on the mount when Jesus took up Peter, James, and John, he goes up there and this big cloud of a glory, this big light shines. And who is Jesus seen talking with? Elijah and Moses. So to me, it's worth noting here that, may, that, that just maybe Elijah not only was so important in his day, but there might come a day later in history where he's even more important, that he could be coming back and he could prophesy. And why do I even bring this up? Because there's a lot of stuff here that I could go deep into, and I'm not going to get too far off, off, off our point today. That's for a, a completely different time. But just listen to this. Do you think Elijah was that close to our Lord just because of who he was? No, he was that close to God because of whose he was. He belonged to God. He belonged. Everything about his life represented the character of Jesus Christ. Everything that he did involved prayer. Everything that he did involved going to Jesus. And so if, 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 if he was just a normal human being that saw great miracles in his day, normal, normal human, don't you think God could do the same thing through us? Don't you think that we can still see miracles today? Don't you think we can still see people healed today? Don't you think we can still see people transformed today? How do we get there? Through our prayer life. Through coming to Him in adoration and with praise. He, he was close to God. He was intimate with God. And because of that, God used Him in a mighty way. The Scripture says that He prayed earnestly. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain. He prayed with everything inside of him. God, I know who you are, who you say you are. Now, I pray that it not rain for three and a half years. Man, that's power. Can, can you think about this? When's the last time that we prayed with such boldness that when we prayed it happened? Think about it. When's the last time we prayed with such confidence that when we prayed it happened? He sat there with boldness and with confidence, knowing who he was, and knowing who he was through himself, and said, don't let it rain for three and a half years. And then what's the Bible say? And it didn't rain for three and a half years. You see, there's a lot of us, and I'll throw myself in this boat too, that we come to God with a little P and a little R and a little A and a, you know, just, a, just a little Y, because we, we come to God, well, God, would you just... Be with me or would you provide some healing could you you know just maybe do this and it'd be real good if you did the, you know that and you know you know if you have time you know just no here's what Elijah did he said God I needed to not rain and I and that's what happened why because he was bold he was bold he he, he prayed with a capital P, with a capital R, with a capital A. He knew, he prayed with confidence that God was going to do what he said that he was going to do. And there was no doubt in his mind that he was going to come there. Why else do you think he had the confidence to go up one man versus 850 people and say, you all are wrong. 
risked his life, risked his very well-being, could have died if, if he was proved to be wrong. But he said, I know my God is who he says he is. So it doesn't matter to me how many of you there are. I'm going to come and I'm going to pray to my God. And you're going to see in just a minute why I know that my God is real. He had confidence. He prayed with boldness. And it didn't rain for three and a half years. Now during this drought is when he went into hiding. During this drought was the showdown of the, of the prophets of Baal and Asherah. And it wasn't going to rain again. And we know this from scripture until Elijah prayed for rain. It wasn't going to rain again. It had been three and a half years. But it wasn't going to rain again until Elijah prayed. And you guys know the story that we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, King Ahab. And King Ahab is evil. He's got this wife, Jezebel, and she's the worst of all worst. And they're taking the nation in the wrong direction. They're not living for God. They're literally destroying it. And so God says to Elijah, I need you to go to King Ahab. I need you to go to, and I need you to tell them that they need to turn this thing around. They need to fall before me. They need to get their lives right. And so he goes to them. He, and they chose to do things their own way. And Elijah basically says, okay, here's, here's, here, here's the deal. Man, if you don't do it, God's going to take away the rain. And, and just uh, Elijah wakes up one, 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 one day after all this had happened. And it's where we get to prayer number two. It's one we mentioned briefly last week, but I kind of want to dive into it today. Because remember, it wasn't going to rain until Elijah said it was time. So that's where we get to 1 Kings chapter 18. And this verse starts off by saying, And Elijah said to Ahab, Go eat and drink, for there is the sound of heavy rain. So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. He was in a moment of prayer. And at this moment, I believe in his life was some sense of relief. Some sense of this. And, and you got to understand and imagine and put yourself in his shoes. He had already been bold enough to stand before the king and declared no rain. God had already took him out to the Kareth ravine where he, he basically stripped him of everything. But then provided the food, provided the drink. And then the water was gone. It went away. So what did God do next? He provided a, a widow in her home to provide. Well, she didn't have enough food. And Elijah said, you'll have plenty. Then the food started coming. The, the water started coming. But then her son died. And Elijah, knowing the power of God working through him, laid across the boy, prayed for him, and the boy came back to life. Then he left there, and he went back to, to the king and had a showdown moment with all these prophets and put himself out there. 850 risks his own life, and he won. So at this moment, when he's putting his face down between his knees, when he's going down to the ground, he's like, God, you... You did it. God, you did it. It was a sense of relief for him. But then he says, but knowing all of this that's happened, it's time for the drought to end. It's time for the rain to come back. 
It's time that we, so what, what does he say? It goes on in this verse. He says, go and look toward the sea, he told a servant. And he went up and looked. There's nothing there. He said, seven times number of completion. Elijah said, go back. The seventh time the servant responded, a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. We're going to come back to that in a moment because it's really good, okay? But then it goes on to say, so Elijah said, go and tell Ahab. Hitch up your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose. The heavy rain started to fall. And Ahab rode off to Jezreel. Then the power of the Lord came upon Elijah. It's amazing what we can do when the power of the Lord comes upon us. He tucked his cloak into his belt and he ran ahead of Ahab. Who, mind you, was on a chariot and horses. Ran ahead all the way to Jezreel. Here's, here, here's what I want you to know this morning, okay? The reality is so many of us struggle with our prayer lives with, with the consistency, with, with just being honest with God and telling Him exactly what we need. We, 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 always, we feel sometimes that God doesn't always answer our prayers. We feel some, sometimes, why, but why, why God did you not do this you know, when I wanted you to do it? And see, t- today I pray that as we kind of Extract some truth out of this passage that you leave today completely changed about prayer and want to re-engage your prayer life with Him. There are four different things to a powerful prayer. And I want to start off number one, if you are taking notes, is this right here. Power, that, that power, that, that, a power, that, a power that, that a powerful prayers are humble prayers. Humble prayers. What's the Bible say? If my people who are called by name will what? will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn their wicked ways. Then I will hear, what's it take? It takes somebody willing to humble themselves and say, God, I can't do it on my own. It's not my ability. It's not my power. But I know that you can do it. So I need to come to myself and humble myself before an almighty God. If I want God to answer prayers, I need to be honest and say, God, I can't do it by myself. They're humble prayers. So Elijah... Climbs to the top of Mount Carmel. He makes his way up to the top of the mountain to be alone with God. He needed to get God's attention. He knew that this wasn't a time for just a simple prayer. He, he knew that he had to, to go. He knew that there was rain that, need, that, 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 they, need, that they needed. And so what, well, what did he do? He set time aside. And he climbed up to the very top. And if you look and see what happens when, Elijah, when, when he got there, he bent down to the ground. He makes it to the top, falls down to his knees, relief, humbled, humbled. It's a picture of what's going on spiritually inside of him. After all that was happened, he realized that in that moment he was small, that he was a no one, that he was incapable. He knew that they needed rain, but he knew that he couldn't do it. And he had to humble himself when he said, God, I'm small, I'm tiny, I'm inadequate, I can't do this. But God, you're big, you're awesome, you're holy, you are the one who sustains, you are the creator, you are the healer. Only God, I know you can do it. So in this moment, I can't do it, but God, I know that you can. He might have known that the rain would never come through him. But he did serve a God who he knew could bring the rain. So that's why in all of that relief that he goes up on top of the mountain, face down to the ground and says, God, I can't. 
but I know you can. I read a story the other day of this little boy, four or five years old. He got an infection inside his body. It was an internal disease. And the weird thing about it was that the infection began to grow in such a way that he, from the inside out, but it would burn the outside of his body, second and third degree burns from head to toe. And the story went to where his parents were so confused as to what was going on. And they were saying things like, what's going on with my little boy? God, why, why are you doing this to my little boy? And could you imagine being a parent and a five-year-old boy in the hospital bed, seeing his flesh being eaten alive? And so they were from a small town, not very many doctors, not very many places to go. And so they found just a little clinic and they said, put some uh, that triple antibiotic, you know, cream on it. He'll be fine. Got worse. Airlifted him somewhere else. They found a doctor that could finally diagnose it. And after about three or four days of treatment, the doctor walks in and says, I don't think your boy's going to make it. The infection inside his body is already so severe and, and so progressive that we don't think we can reverse what's going on. So I just wanted to go ahead and give you a heads up. I don't know that he's going to make it. And here's how the article went. And this is his words. This is the dad who in that moment, this is what he said. <laughs> he said, because I knew that I was so small. And I was so incapable. And I knew that there was nothing that I could do to heal him. But my God, who is healer, provider, sustainer, creator, he, through the humbling of myself before him, would move. And God moved. And within a couple of months, my boy was healed. And God did his thing. And it was a miracle. And it was all because I came to him saying, God, I can't do this, but I know that you can. How many times in life do we get ourselves in a bind because we try to do things on, you know, by ourselves? We seek out the wrong type of help when our help comes from the Lord. When really God's given, uh, given us enough common sense to get on our knees and say, God, I'm too small. I'm incapable. I can't do it by myself. But God, I know that you can. So God, everything that I have, I serve you. To humble ourselves before a mighty God. What's the Bible say? God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. He'll lift you up once you look at that promise. That promise says that, that if you humble yourself before the creator, the one who lifts us up. Because why? Humbling and humility always precede the miraculous in our lives. You want to get God's attention? You want Him to move? You want Him to listen to that prayer that you've been praying? Humble yourself. Humble yourself. Humble yourself before Him. Have humility. You want God to come through? Understand that by yourself you can't do it. But we serve a God that can. Number one, powerful prayers are humble prayers. Number two, 
They are prayers where you specify your exact need. Where you're honest with what it is exactly that you need. I, and I've got to be honest with you today. So many times in my life, I haven't always been that way. I would pray things, and I'm really telling on myself because I've even done them here. Let's, let's just be honest. And I'll pray things like, God, give me strength. God, help me. God, give me wisdom. Okay, what do you need strength for? What type of decision are you, have, are you having to make that you need wisdom for? Does God know? Absolutely he, he knows. But why else does the scripture say to make your requests known to him? Not just a, a generic, I need wisdom, but this is what I need wisdom for. This is what I need strength for. This is, this is what I need, God. Be very specific in what you need. Strength to overcome this sickness. Wisdom for the choice. that Elijah was that way. He was... He, he, he specified exactly what we need. God, we need rain. We don't need just you to come and move in a people. We need rain. We need rain, liquid from heaven. He specified. He knew exactly what he needed. And then, and then what, what does he say? He says, go look towards the sea. As if to say, I just prayed. Now watch it happen. Because it would have been very easy for him to say, okay, God, move. And then the servant, okay, where's he? How, how do I know that God, where's he going to move? No, it's going to rain. Now, servant, go look towards the sea. Because I specified what it was that I needed from God. You know, I don't know that I've ever shared this story here in detail or in depth. I don't want to uh, uh, make my wife get all red-faced after talking about this. She's actually able to be in here with us. But I, I had had many, many, many years ago. We've been married now 11 years. 11 of the greatest years of my entire life. But many years before that, I had endured a pretty significant, in my eyes, a, you know, a breakup and absolutely hurt, felt betrayed. My best friend, I was sick and in the hospital, sophomore, junior year of high school. And my a girlfriend at the time dumped me while I was in the bed sick and then started dating my, uh, my uh, best friend pretty rough so I went through a pretty low point in my, my life and I just I, I never was able to get over that so for years two years three years I said God I don't want anything to do with this ever again done absolutely done I don't I, I the pain the emotional turmoil I said I can't deal with this anymore so I went to Alabama youth camp saw this girl beautiful beautiful girl that type of beauty that you look across the mile acreage there and her face was glowing type. You know, it's just amazingly beautiful. And she's rolling her eyes right now, but it, it was awesome. <laughs> and every husband out there, that's exactly what you say to your wife. Just glow, just beautiful glow. That's how Megan was to, to, to me. It, but I, I knew that I couldn't date right now. I wasn't healed from the inside. I was still hurting. So... We became friends, talked every once in a while, went to Lee, started school. She stayed home. Dad pastured in Loxley, Alabama, which is about four, four and a half hours south of where she lived. And, but she had a church. She went to a church, her home church, had a, 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 a dynamic youth group. One that they had a traveling youth choir. And, and I don't know that how many would you say were in that youth choir, you know, 60 or so kids, and plus the band and dance teams, and might have traveled with over 100 kids. 
and they would go on trips around the country to California and to New York. And we actually took one trip on a cruise. We went and uh, sang at a church in, uh, in uh, Florida, hopped on a cruise boat, and we got to minister and sing on a, a cruise. It was pretty cool. So, but I, I, I was blessed to be able to have that opportunity. Let me kind of explain how this went, because this is how God works. When you specify your need, when you specify to him exactly what it is that you want him to do in your life. So there was this trip. They were going to New, to, to New, to New York. Two kids got, a, got a kicked off the trip. Trips paid for in full. Megan couldn't go because of you know, money and things like that. She wasn't going. And obviously I wasn't going. It's not my church. We were four hours south. So these two kids got kicked off the trip, two paid trips. So the youth pastor says, hey, Megan, I've got this paid trip. Why don't you come? We've got one extra ticket. Let, let me call a, a pastor friend of mine down in Loxley and see if, he want, see if his uh, son wants to go. So he called me. Hey, does Chris want to go on this trip with us? We're going to New York. It's a traveling youth car. Absolutely, I want to go on this trip. So I hopped in my car and I drove all the way to her town. And, and just, I had been praying. Because I had been seeking God about this relationship thing. And I had been hurt. And I, I said, God, I'm tired of feeling this way. So God, I, I, I'm not even asking you to provide somebody right now. I'm not even asking you to do that. But I said, God, just give me a clue. Just give me a hint. Just give me a glimpse that I shouldn't give up. Give me just, just something, just a little something to make me want to search more. To find that person you've always had for me. So here's what, what he does. I get there. I go to choir practice. We practice. I go and stay at the pastor's house. And I had a dream that night. I had a dream that I would marry her. But the, the dream said you can't tell her. You can't tell her. If you really want it, then trust me. I said, okay. So the bus comes and, and, uh, and uh, picks me up and I get on the bus and guess what? There's an open seat right next to her. <laughs> so I go and I sit down and we talk and and uh, we got to talking about relationships and we got to be talking about our trip and just everything. And I just said, hey, I'm supposed to marry somebody on, on this trip. Now, I didn't tell her who, so I still kept the promise. I still kept. Now, it's weird, right? Weird to tell somebody you don't really know. Hey, I'm supposed to marry somebody on this trip. But for some reason, it worked. And, the, you know, the rest is history. But we're, we're sitting there we're, and we're, 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 we're talking and we grew closer during that trip. We, we, we grew closer, and the, the whole trip, she, 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 she would ask me, so who, so who is it? I can't tell you. I promised God that I would not say. One of the most devastating things that ever happened to me is when the trip was over, and I had to go back home. I said, ah, God, I just knew. I just thought you'd reveal it on this trip. He said, trust me. Went back home. She went back home. Went back to Lee. She, she was engaged twice. You say, Chris, were you worried about it? No, because I heard God speak. I knew that he was who he said he was. So I said, I'm not going to push it. I'm going to let her live her life. And I know because my God is real. And I was 
and I specified what it was that I needed from him and he answered me. I said, I'm just going to wait. I'm going to let this play out. So I, I get this call about a year later, maybe two years later. The youth pastor at her church, hey Chris, we, we're going to do an internship pro, pro program. Would you like to come and live here for a year and, 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 and do an internship? Absolutely. So I go and, and I start working there at the church and we get closer and then I go back to, to Lee again. I was like, God, I thought you were going to do it then. He said, trust me. Don't tell her. My dad gets a, a job change. Guess where he moves to? Her hometown. Even lived just a couple miles down the road while his house was, uh, was uh, being built. Megan went to their house. While I was at Lee, God was working it out. She and my parents were building a relationship even before, before they knew that she was going to be the one. And so every time I'd come home, I'd go to her church and I'd see her. Knowing what God promised me. Well, the, she had been uh, broke up with this guy and it's been for just a little while. I said, you know what? I'm not waiting any longer. I'm going to go ask her out. I can't take it anymore. I can't stand the thought of seeing her with somebody else. I'm going to go be really, really romantic and invite her to lunch. <laughs> we went to uh, Perico's. I remember what she wore. I remember everything about that that day. And I'm not trying to be some romantic. I'm just telling, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I know what God spoke to me. We started to build this relationship. I asked her to marry me. We got married. The day before the wedding, I look at her and I say, hey, do you remember on that New York trip when I said I was supposed to marry somebody on this trip? I knew the whole time that it was you. God just told me I couldn't tell you yet. I specified what I needed from God. I was honest in my prayer with him. Just like Elijah was. Elijah said, we need rain. Nothing else, God. I just need rain. Have you seen the movie Breakthrough? Anybody seen that movie Breakthrough? Okay, I won't spoil it. But I just want to, the whole movie, you need to watch it. It's, it's an amazing movie. It's a, it's a, a Christian-based you know, film. And, and it's about the son who falls through the ice. And, 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 and he, he's there for uh, an extended period of time and and he's no pulse he's not able to breathe anymore goes to the the, the hospital and he dies and the mom walks into the room not having seen her boy seeing him dead prays a very specific prayer what happens he comes back true story it's a true story you need to watch it but i love the quote at the very end of this movie there was the the, 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 the a doctor and doesn't say whether he believed in God or not, but he said it blew him away. And here's what he said. He said, the boy died. The mom prayed and he lived. Be specific with your request to God. Can you imagine how devastating that would be to a mom or dad to walk into a room and see your boy lying there dead? But her very specific prayer, God, bring my boy back. And God did it. Look what God can do when we're specific. When we make our requests known to Him. When we humble ourselves before an almighty God. And when we, we, we tell God what it is that we need. But let me tell you something. Number three. 
Because a powerful prayer is a persistent one. A persistent prayer. Because nowhere in the Bible does it say that it's going to happen right then and there. You have to be persistent about it. Elijah had humbled himself. He prayed the prayer. He says, okay, God, I'm going to tell my servant, go look towards the sea. And his servant, he went up and he looked and he came back and said, hey, buddy, uh, nothing's there. And he said seven times, seven times go back. So here's the deal. He's up on this mountain. He's humbled himself. He's praying a prayer. He's like, I want you to go look. Comes back. Hey, man, there's no rain. He says, hang on just a minute. Let me pray again. Comes back. Nothing there. Hang on a minute. Let me pray again. And again. And again. And again. And again. Seven times. Here's what he doesn't do after the first time when there's no rain. He doesn't do what my seven-year-old does when he goes to look for his, a sock in his room that's laying right in the middle of his room. And he goes and looks once and says, Dad, I'm tired. <laughs> or he doesn't do what Elijah had just told the prophets of Baal, what we learned last week. Oh, he must be busy. He must be on a vacation. He doesn't say any of that. He is laser Focused on his prayer and he prays 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 even when it doesn't look like anything's happening. He prays and he prays because here's the reality. We never quit after one. We never quit after three. We never quit after five. We'd be persistent in our prayer and we pray until what God promised comes to pass. Because here's what he learned and I love this. Elijah doesn't allow the 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 outward circumstance of what's going on to affect his inward assurance. He doesn't affect what's going on on the outside to know what he believes inside of his heart. Listen, maybe it's a timing issue, but even when it doesn't seem like God's moving, when it seems like God's not answering, when it seems like God's not, when, when, when you get upset and when you get mad and you want to just quit and, 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 and when, when, when you say, I'm just done with this, Pray and pray and pray and pray and be persistent with your prayer until what you heard God say comes. What's the Bible say in James? Confess your trespasses to one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. What's it say? The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much a righteous man that doesn't say preacher it doesn't say teacher just a righteous man just somebody who's a servant of God just somebody who's willing to say God I'm here listen to my prayer what have we started praying for that after so many years of not seeing it answered what have we quit praying for what is it that we've been trying to get God to answer that nothing has happened and we're like God I'm just done I'm not praying for it might be a marriage. The marriage might be in the dumps and you've been praying for so long for your spouse to come back to God and you've never seen it happen so you're just ready to quit. It might be somebody, it might be a co-worker, it might be a friend, it might be a son or maybe a daughter, it might be a sibling, where, where, where you there? you've prayed for their salvation. You've prayed for them to come back to God, but you've never seen it happen, so you're just ready to give up and quit. Could be a healing inside your body. You've been praying and praying. What have you prayed for that you've quit praying for because you've not seen the answer come? Be persistent. Don't stop at one. 
Don't stop at two. Don't stop at five. Keep praying. Keep praying. Because my God is who he says that he is. Be humble. Specify. Be persistent. And number four, a powerful, a, a, a powerful prayer are expectant prayers. I'm just going to tell you, and this is awesome. Elijah climbs Mount Carmel. We're going to close here in just a couple minutes. He's not quitting. He prays seven times. Seventh time, the servant reported. So the servant comes back with no answer every single time. Seven times he comes back. He said, but here's what happened after the last time. Elijah, there's a cloud as small as, as, as a man's hand. And it's starting to rise from the sea. Look at Elijah's response to, 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 to that answer. He says, go into Lahab right now. You need to go tell him, right? Hitch up your chariot. Go down the mountain and tell Ahab before the rain stops you. Here, here's what the servant didn't say. Elijah, there's this massive monsoon, a thunderstorm. It's brewing. There's a tornado. There's, it's going to take everybody out. No, he said there's a little cloud the size of a man's hand. Think about it. If that would have been me, I'd be like, okay, that's cool. Let's turn on the news. Watch, see if there's a hook echo. You know, let's see if, what's happening here, right? Let's see if, you know, if, if, if we start to feel the rain happening, then we'll wait for the sirens to come up. And, you know, maybe it comes. Maybe. No, he, he saw a cloud the size of a man's hand. He said, oh, boy, it's coming. It's coming. Y'all don't know it yet. You might think this looks like a small rain cloud, but I'm telling you, you better hitch up your chariot. You better go tell Ahab right now because there's a cloud the size of a man's hand, and it's coming. And it's coming. Nobody else saw it, but he did. Why? Because he knew that God, he knew what he was capable of. And he knew that God was a God that when he promised it, that it would come. He moved in faith when he prayed. Mark says this, therefore I tell you, whatever it is, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it. Believe that you have received and it will be yours in faith. Put action in place. So here's what happened. After Elijah called out the troops and he, and he evacuated everybody there and everybody's gone, now the sky grows black. <laughs> I love it. And this big monsoon rain cloud happens and, and he doesn't have a horse and chariot. So he says, God, I don't want to get soaked. I don't want to get taken off in this storm. So what's he do? The power of the Lord comes upon him in such a way that he tucks his cloak down inside his pants and he takes off running and he makes it there before Ahab does. Be humble. Specify what you need. Be persistent. And then sit back and expect him to come. Elijah was a man of prayer. One of the most powerful men in the Old Testament. Coincidence? No. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes people. Prayer changes the situations around him. Prayer changes Prayer is being in agreement with the one who created it at all. My charge to you today, pray. Pray. No matter how small of a task it is, no matter how large of a problem you have, pray. Say, God, I can't do it, but I know you can. God, this is exactly what I need. 
But then just, just don't pray once. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Pray until it happens. Then expect it. This morning, you could be hurt. You have hidden wounds. You need healed. You may be sick and need God to heal your body. You may be sick in your mind and need God to clear your anxious thoughts. You might have a relationship that needs to be rekindled. You might you have a need and you need God to come through. I don't know what it is today that, that you need. But my answer is, what have you stopped praying for? What have you stopped praying for that you need God to answer? What is it that's so important in your life that you need God to come through for you? That it's a situation that you know you can't do it. Here's what it takes to come. It means coming into agreement. It's saying nothing else matters except you, God. Whatever it takes, I'm willing to do.